You're listening to the AISTS Master of Sports Administration podcast, created by Dr. Boris Gojanovic as part of the program Sports Medicine Module. In this series, we attempt to discover, understand, and debate the important issues in the world of sports medicine. Good morning, everyone. With you this morning is Nacho and myself, Khaled, current AISTS Math Participants Class of 2018. Good morning, Khalid. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Nacho. So, after considering various topics to discuss, one that we considered important in today's podcast, World of Sport, is the abuse of painkillers at elite level. We will look into the types of different painkillers, why athletes are taking way more pills than prescribed, are club doctors and coaches pressuring players, examples of current or ex-athletes who have abusively taken painkillers, and lastly, what the potential health consequences post-career are. Wow, that's a great topic to discuss, Halid. Yeah, so let's start off with, with what painkillers are and the different types depending on the severity of the pain. Painkiller, by definition, is a drug or a medicine for relieving pain. Let's say there are two types of pain, mild pain and moderate severe pain. With mild pain, the athlete is often treated with non-opioid drugs, for example, paracetamol or anti-inflammatory drugs such as brufen. With severe pain, athletes are usually treated with opioids such as codeine, tramadol, morphine or oxycodone. As with most prescribed drugs, doctors usually assess how severe the pain is and then inform the athlete on how many pills they should take per day and here's where our problem arises. Yeah, so to understand this problem, you have first to understand elite level athletes who are very susceptible to various injuries. They're playing week in, week out for years, even decades, and they go through a lot of physical pain throughout their career due to the high physical demands. We need also to understand that these athletes are usually fighting for their place in a team with a vast amount of competition and pressure. Therefore, when a player is injured, they become vulnerable and in order to possibly avoid losing their place in the team, or even worse, losing out on a contract, it's easy to see them choosing to compete through pain and lead to using painkillers. Club doctors and coaches are also under immense pressure and they would prefer their best players be on the field playing through the pain rather than resting and recovering. So after getting a general overview of the topic, the issue has been raised many times by ex-athletes and club doctors about the amounts being taken and prescribed. The two consequences of the abuse are obviously the addictiveness and overall long-term health of the athlete. Also, one can argue that there is a performance-enhancing aspect to it. So let's go over some of the examples of athletes discussing their use or abuse of painkillers. Yes, Khalid, there are many of them, but let's see some of them. Former England rugby player captain Danny Scalthorpe talked about how addicted he was, waking up in the morning and taking painkillers such as paracetamol and naproxen. He claimed in one interview, I reached the point to refer them as Smarties, I just wanted to get some inter-inflammatories in me. He wanted to state that after a major surgery, he began taking fentanyl, which is one of the strongest painkillers available, and ended up getting addicted. Another example is former Great Britain Olympian decathlon, Daniel Ode, who also spoke on his heavy reliance on painkillers, and I quote, painkillers were my friend, my closer lover at times, and at one point, just necessary. He also went on to say that he was taking about 13 to 14 pills peer to his competition, 
instead of the recommended doses of third to four or a per day. So with these few examples, and there are many more that we cannot unfortunately go through, it is important to discuss the potential health risks. Dr. Ajaj Sethron from the Sports and Exercise Clinic, Queen Elizabeth Hospital in Birmingham, claimed to the BBC that the consequences are very risky to the athlete's health, and says, and I quote, if someone is overtraining and relying on anti-inflammatories to a higher degree, you would have much more serious effects on bone healing, potential fractures, some not healing at all. Not only that, he went on to claim that you can perform, you can go from being a high-level athlete to being completely incapacitated by an injury in a relatively short period of time. This can, this can happen over years and decades, but there is an increased risk of cardiac health issues, kidney failure, and worsening respiratory conditions. So Nacho, as we've seen all these potential health risks and ad- issues of addiction and withdrawal, what do you think can be done to help prevent these issues? Can WADA play a role? What can club dogs or national, national sport governing bodies do? Yeah, definitely, Harry. WADA should play a role. To start off, I think WADA needs to answer the three main questions which are, first, do the painkillers enhance performance? Then, do they have long-term health consequences? Finally, do they violate the spirit of the sport? Now, if I had to answer them, I should take a long time to explain, but in brief, one can answer yes to all of them. First, whilst a painkiller does not directly enhance performance, we could say that it does at the time it is administered and increases the performance from the reduced level of pain. In regards to, in regards to health consequences, there is the addictive aspect where athletes are psychological dependent on taking them daily and the physiological aspect, as the athletes have not allowed their bodies enough time to recover and heal over years, and therefore they deal with many physiological issues and pain in their muscles, bones and joints. Lastly, does it violate the spirit of the sport? Is it unethical? Uh, well, yes, pain is the body's mechanism to avoid overuse and damage of the body. So by continuing the overuse of painkillers, you break the pure value of the sport. So Nacho, maybe we can conclude by saying that our proposal into stopping or at least curbing the issue is by firstly raising awareness. Education and protection are a fundamental necessity for players. So asking all stakeholders, from club docs to sport governing bodies to coaches, to become more educated and aware of the severe consequences. Yeah, but we can also suggest that each respective sport governing body should have a defined, responsible and measurable policy on monitoring painkiller use and injections. If players were more aware of what is acceptable to put in your body and what is the necessary amount of an athlete can take, then that could hopefully lead to lesser issues in the future. So that was all for today, Halid. Let's stay tuned for more sports medicine podcasts in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you've got questions or comments, share them directly on this track on the AISTS MSA SoundCloud page or visit us at www.aists.org.